Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so happy to have my fellow colleague, Ms. Suchi Pathak. She is the co-founder and chief psychologist at Aptology Inc. as our in-studio guest today. Suchi, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. You know, we're going to talk about uh, your background and leadership, and we're going to talk about how Aptology helps organizations build a human-centric workplace. Before we jump into that, could you share with our audience a little bit about your background and education? Yeah, sure. So uh, my background is in behavioral psychology. Um, so after studying behavioral psychology, I went into the consulting industry for a while. Um, and then I joined a company that gives um, psychometric assessments to um, companies to use for things like hiring, retention, development, and things like that. Um, so I ran research and development at the global assessment company for about 10 years. Um, longer than uh, I, I care to uh, recall. <laughs> it's a really long time. Um, and for me, one of the key things that I went into psychology for was to really help to improve the workplace. So really helping people to find the right jobs for them and helping organizations find the right people for roles. So almost like a matchmaker, um, but in the world of work. Um, and I think after being and um, working in consulting and kind of the uh, psychometric industry, I realized that there was a couple of components missing. Um, there was a big technology revolution. Some people call it the fourth industrial revolution. Um, and that involved data science, machine learning and things like that. And I was really interested in embracing that and combining it with what we used to do in behavioral psychology. So taking a traditional approach, but turning on its head and finding a much better way to do it. Interesting, interesting. And so what prompted you to get started with Aptology? How did this all come about? So um, after becoming a bit disillusioned with um, the same old kind of way of doing something, um, I uh, started to look around into how we could utilize big data sets to really start to predict people's performance within roles. At the same time, I met one of my co-founders who was looking to do the same thing. Um, and then our other co-founder came from building um, all the human resource management systems, uh, a lot of the big ones that you see out there, like Tileo um, and Lawson. And so he, they were all trying to solve the problem from slightly different angles. So I was trying to solve the, how do we get the right people to fit to role um, in the behavioral route? And they were trying to figure it out in terms of, okay, why aren't these systems currently working to do that? What's the missing component? And so putting us all of us three together was a great, um, I guess, uh, luck of chance. Um, but we really did embrace it and said, let's do this. Like we can, with the three of our expertise, we can put something together and really create a software as a service platform that people can use to help find the right people for the right role, but most importantly, to scale that. So not using consultants, but scaling mm -hmm. it on um, mass. So tell us, what is it that Aptology does that allows you to find the right person and put the right person in the right role, the fit the role is, is statement as you use? So we um, assess the behavioral characteristics um, that are required to, um, to do the job well, but most importantly, to really differentiate between what 
what's happening with the people that are doing really well in the job and the people that are struggling in the job. That's not easy to do. So historically, that's been done by consultants coming in and maybe doing an assessment or speaking to a few people to see what they think. That's kind of bringing a lot of different biases into the process. So a lot of times when consultants or, or assessment companies are asking people, you know, what does good look like in your role? They're asking people that either have never done the role uh, or did the role a really long time ago and therefore the role's changed. Um, the other thing is they're using a lot of qualitative information, like, you know, words and labels and things, but they're not actually utilizing data that's around them. And being a geek, um, any, I see a lot of different things and try to quantify them. And that's really what we do is we try to use behavioral data and use actual performance data to find the ideal profile for what good looks like in the job. If you could, could you dive a little bit deeper into the type of data that, that, that you're gathering? Sure. So at the moment, we work with more customer facing roles. And so data from that would be things like uh, performance quota um, that they've achieved, the amount of revenue they've got. Um, we're even working with some companies on things like attrition. Um, in some companies, they attrit people so fast that they're really keeping up to replace them if they want to scale. And so there's a whole load of different metrics that we use, but what we try to do is to use metrics that are as objective as possible. And the reason for that is if we're asking people just to give us your top 10 people, who are those top 10? Is it your favorites? Um, is it the people that you know you think are doing well, but how do we actually understand if they are doing well and what good looks like? And so you talked about biases. What are some of the biases that as human beings that we have that enter into the hiring process, which unfortunately trips us up? Uh, there's quite a few. <laughs> so there's um, ones that people do that they don't realize, like um, affinity bias. Affinity bias is when you um, affiliate with somebody, and that might be because you went to the same college as them. It might be because um, they play the same sports that you do. Um, it might be because they used to work in a company that you worked in and really rated. Um, those type of things don't necessarily predict whether that person's going to be good for the role, but we may affiliate with that person and say, okay, you know, I, I want this person in. So that's a quite an obvious one. There's another one called the halo and horn effect. Um, and the halo effect is they've got this one characteristic that I really rate in people in my job. And so I'm going to grab onto this person. I'm going to keep that in my head. And anything else they do, I'm going to use that one piece of information that's a halo and make sure that I justify it to myself based on that. The horn effect is there's one thing that they did that you don't like. Maybe they wore jeans to the interview. Maybe it was a, a bit of a misstep and you can't let that go. Um, that, again, is a source of bias, um, or they tell a bad joke. Um, that's a source of bias that isn't necessarily related to performance. But does it also relate to maybe the culture? Maybe it might be a company culture that doesn't uh, like those type of jokes. <laughs> yeah, it depends on the joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think it does depend uh, on the company culture to some extent. But then there is instances where companies can use culture as a way um, to just get people that are like them inside. And if you're just getting people that are like you, let's think of the consequences. It could be that 
um, you're not getting a diverse pool of people um, because you tend to just, you know, um, be drawn towards people that are like you. Um, another source of bias that I find um, really interesting is where people are trying to do the right thing, there's bias that creeps into all of those as well. So um, education, for example, people will say, oh, they went to a really great school. That actually has less tie to if you're going to perform in a role, but probably more tie in terms of if your family's, uh, your family's wealth. So what that means is your socioeconomic status. The better schools that you went to tend to relate sometimes to if you, found, you, know, if you grew up in an, an affluent background. So that's biasing without realizing. The second thing is um, CVs uh, or resumes. And with those, there's certain things that you're looking at and you know you may be looking at very very um, obvious things like do they have the right skill sets that we need you know if they're a salesperson do they understand how to negotiate for example but what we might not do is in in their resume there's so much additional information we don't know if that's filtering our opinion of someone and so we just need to be a little bit careful and then the last thing i would say is interviews are a big source of bias um, because studies have found that males and females, for example, get asked different questions, um, different types of questions. Um, studies have found that by looking at someone's just name or appearance, that you're already making up your mind about what they're like. And so what we're trying to do is by looking at someone's actual behavioral style that, you know, isn't that influenced by all these things, how can you actually get to that deep seat of a person and if they're going to perform? Excellent. Excellent. So, with Aptology's tool, we're going to dive deeper into the Aptology's tool, but what are the current issues that are facing uh, the corporate industries in regards to how do they obtain, procure, procure talent? The issues that they're facing, the issues that they're facing is there's a lot of tools out there, um, HR-based tools, and a lot of them do use AI. And they don't necessarily take in the right information into account. So for example, if you're doing something like a resume screening tool and you're thinking, well, this is going to be much more efficient for my time because now I can, I don't have to read through all these resumes. The system does it for me. You don't know if the, inf if if the information that you're actually asking that resume screening tool to screen is not quite correct or predictive of performance. What you can do is end up hiring the wrong people faster. The other thing is, um, once people then come into that interview phase, with all the best will in the world, um, what large companies face is very different hiring styles. So from recruiters to hiring managers to talent acquisition, each candidate tends to get a slightly different experience of that process and so they're not getting that kind of standardized view and often the questions that people are asking aren't related to if they're going to perform in the role so it's really about with larger companies you don't have visibility into all of these things so how can you use something that at scale can help you to analyze your current team understand what you need more of and actually help you find those people well this is a good segue because exactly what does the optology tool consist of and what does it do that allows someone to bypass those the problems of bias or as you said hiring the wrong person faster that sounds like a, a very costly disaster so tell us about the optology tool so by looking at um 
behavioral data of the current team. So we will look at a specific team and say, okay, let's survey the team and find out their, their behavioral blueprint. We then take the performance metrics um, of that team. So it could be quota attainment or something like that. And we use our machine learning algorithms to find the key behavioral differences between top performers and bottom performers. So what does great look like and how can you quantify that? So those, for example, could be something like um, this person is really emotionally intelligent and can read um, emotional cues from people. That's great when you're interacting with people and selling because you're able to understand the buying signal or who has the actual you know, decision making capability. And it could be that we're really looking for someone who's um, very disciplined in their role because the sales cycle takes a really long time. And that's what the top performers have, bottom performers are lacking, for example. The funny thing is what we found is that more of a certain behavior isn't necessarily a good thing. And so I'll give gregariousness um, as an example. People tend to think that salespeople are gregarious. And so the more gregarious you are, the better you're likely to be in sales and enjoy it. What we found was in some roles, um, actually having the right proportion of listening, active listening and speaking is much better. And so the level of gregariousness within a certain role isn't as high as you would expect it to be. The ideal would be a, like a moderate amount, so in the middle. And that's one of the things that we do is we look at the ideal amount of an attribute because I think we've all been sold to by people who are way too gregarious. They don't listen necessarily. They may talk over me and not um, understand what I need. And so we found that that can be a derailer. Um, and so we use that behavioral blueprint that we find in that success profile and you're able to run your existing staff through that profile to see who's a really close alignment with those behaviors. So who's a great match to those and who's um, got a, a, a bit of a, a less of an alignment to them. So who have some significant gaps? So for example, if we're looking for someone who's really disciplined, if someone is really lacking in discipline, we can flag A, that you know they're not disciplined enough for the role, and B, how far away they are from optimal. So there may be some people that are further away than others. And for those people, we would say, well, here's some interview questions that you can probe into so that you can actually use a standardized way to ask about their behavioral style, as opposed to some of those kind of cringeworthy interview questions that you may get that relate to someone's behavioral style. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Masuchi Pathak. She's the co-founder and chief psychologist at Aptology. And we are talking about this dynamic AI performance tool that allows you to select the right person for the right role. And so when we were talking off camera, you shared a fascinating story about one of your customers in a sales role. Can you share that story with our audience? Yeah, sure. So it's one of the ones that really make you feel like what you're doing is right. Um, and uh, early, it was quite early on, so it gave us hope as a startup. Um, but early on, we um, were working with a company and they had put a, a number of different profiles in place. So they had assessed their team and got the performance metrics. So we had these success profiles. And the CEO of the company was um, out and about on a business trip and was literally in the middle of nowhere. And he went to a, a store to pick up some jeans because as you're hanging around waiting in between meetings, that's what you do. He really um, had a great conversation with the person in the store that was helping him, the, the, the service assistant. And um, 
he said, and she said to him, oh, wow, you work for a technology company in San Francisco. I would just love to do that. It's always been my dream to move out there and do something like that. He was just really impressed with her. So he called up his CRO and said, um, hi, you know, um, I've just met someone um, um, at a store and I think she's got a really good fit to our culture. I mean, she's got a degree in biogenetics. It's not quite what we're looking for for our sales engineers, um, but is it related? The CRO just rolled his eyes and said, please stop doing this to me, right? Because the CEOs tend to do that. They tend to go, I've met this person. And the CEO said, wait, we have this thing called Aptology. Let's run her through it. They ran her through it and she was a great match to the sales engineer role. And to this day, she works at that company and she's one of the best performers. She would have had zero chance of even being considered for that job if it wasn't for our system because they would have said she comes from the middle of nowhere. She doesn't have the right education. She's only got retail experience. But all of those things didn't matter when her behavioral style aligns so closely to what good looked like that we predicted her performance. That is awesome. So this sounds, this tool sounds great. It, 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 it sounds expensive. Um, it sounds like it takes a lot of time to, to get in place. How much time does it take to on-ramp uh, the Eptology tool? And um, what is the ROI on it? So that's a great question because I think the more I get excited about things, I may make it sound more long-winded than it is. <laughs> um, so actually to get up and running, it's really straightforward. So all you would need to do is you would need to send, um, we would send a behavioral link to, a behavioral survey link to everyone in your team. They would spend 15 to 20 minutes completing it. And then all we ask for is a, um, some data from the client on performance metrics, which often they send us from a financial spreadsheet. Um, they'll do a, a dump from Salesforce and clean it up and then and send it to us. Um, it's really straightforward. So in about four weeks, we can survey everyone, we can create a success profile for you and have you up and running on the system so that you can just start hiring to that profile and you can then run all your team through that and then analyze and improve your current team. So it's really quick to get started. And we take in such rich information from behavioral data and performance data, because it gives us so much more information when you match the two than anyone would realize. And for what I understand, uh, some of your early clients have really experienced a, some great ROI, um, return on investment for that. Um, can, you, can you give us some insights on um, how they achieved that and what was their excitement when they realized that they really hit a home run? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a, a great example of a client who um, had us in place. We built everything for them. We, we put their success profile on the platform. So they just gave us performance and we put it onto the system really quickly. What they did was as they were, um, you know, getting socialized into using us, a lot of their hiring managers were hiring quickly because they really needed just to get people um, in the business to scale. And so they actually hired people regardless um, of uh, looking at the platform. They didn't actually have it in place to, to hand. So they, just regard, they hired people as usual. What that enabled us to do is almost like an A-B test. So we could then go retrospectively and say, okay, well, how would we have fit these people to the role? We found that they had um, selected a load of people that were you know, great matches, marginal matches, and mismatches to that profile. So people that were close alignment, 
medium alignment and had some gaps. What that enabled us to do was to compare people that were really highly aligned to that role and people that weren't in terms of their performance. We found that those people ramped to the sales role a lot faster, meaning they got up to speed and hit the ground running. And the things that they were doing really early on were quite shocking, but in a good way, is we found that they had 2.7 times the number of deals that people that were mismatches to the profile had. So people that we would have recommended to get hired were earning more than double um, what the other people were. We then found that um, the contract value, so of all the deals that we're getting, each deal was worth 3.3 times more. And then the proof was um, in the pudding, really, which is actual revenue attainment for that role. The people that we would have assigned and said, you know, these are a great match for, for the company, they had 2.7 times more revenue than other people. And now what that told you is, first of all, what you can achieve when you hire a great match um, and what you, the risks of hiring someone who is not closely aligned to the role. And so after that, they put in a policy that if you were to uh, prioritize someone who was not aligned to that role over someone that is, you have to get permission from the VP. Wow. So it's got to be compelling <clears throat> because when with results like that, you just know that you're going to end up performing really well. And again, to my earlier point, it's about tying people to organizational outcomes. Absolutely. And so I know you mentioned that data is uh, very key to getting started in this human capital and leaders are really thinking about that. How does Eptology for those companies that aren't using this type of data, um, what are the key things that Eptology, uh, I guess, uh, speaks to them about that they go, yes, I, I, I need to do this. I need to get this data so I can get started. I think when we speak to them about some of the ways that the recruitment or development cycle happens at the moment, I think it resonates with them. And I think that a lot of people realize it's a problem, mm -hmm. but they just don't know where to start. Um, if you're a CHRO of a large company, you can't speak to every individual that works for you. You can't speak to every hiring manager. You can't do that matching exercise yourself. And you can't know what good looks like in every single role. Um, especially nowadays, there's roles that are emerging that never existed before. With the rise of AI, how are you supposed to know what good looks like? And so I think a lot of them don't understand or realize, because they've got loads of other things to do, that a lot of things around them are data points and that we can quantify them and use them to predict performance. So I think when they hear what we do and they realize that we can do this at scale, you know, it's not a long-term consultancy project. Um, we don't hand pick people. Um, this is on a platform. So someone, um, an applicant responds to the survey straight away. You can see their match score on the system. You can see their strengths. You can see the development areas, you can see areas to interview. And I think it's kind of, it's some of the things that keep them up at night that we solve. How do I tie people to organizational objectives? We can show you. The second thing is, how do I make sure that the hiring process is consistent and that I'm not gonna wake up tomorrow and see a load of bad reviews on Glassdoor by using an interview guide that actually addresses what you need to. So I think once we start talking around that, people start to realize that, okay, this isn't too good to be true, and there's an actual solution for it. You know, earlier you talked about how this tool allows folks to reduce their attrition. 
And uh, attrition globally in regards to sales organizations, it's, I, I believe it's around 30%. If I might be wrong, correct me, please. And, but the ROI just on the attrition is quite significant, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, 75% of attrition is preventable, which is kind of scary. Um, and so the ROI of keeping your staff and, and importantly, the people that are doing well for you, um, keeping the people that are performing well in a role is so important. And um, there was a Josh uh, Burson report that basically said there's around 7 million open jobs right now, but only 5.9 million people that are unemployed. So there's a big void. And so I think people are finding it really difficult to attract talent. They're kind of getting in a bidding war with people. And then once they get them in, there's still that leaky bucket because people are still attriting. And so now it becomes, okay, well, I've spent a lot of time and effort getting these people in, training them, developing them. If they're leaving, I don't understand what's happening here. And so a lot of people leave because they're not the right fit to the role. Um, and or they don't feel like there is any progression for them. And if you use something like Aptology throughout your organization, you're getting rid of a lot of the biases that um, inform things like succession planning or promotions. So people have much more equal opportunities of, of getting selected for something as opposed to all of those biases that we talked about at the beginning getting in the way. Wow. And so how can someone contact you, Suchi? Or, or contact your your chief your new chief revenue officer, <laughs> Louise. So our, our website is www.aptology.com, which is a p t o l o y dot com, um, and then you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm Suchi Pathak. I found if you put Suchi Pathak psychologist, I tend to come up. <laughs> it's oh. not a common name. <laughs> And I'd be more than happy to make the introduction um, to uh, my um, CRO on, on your behalf. But, you know, if anyone's got any questions or comments about anything that we've talked about, I would just love to hear them. Absolutely. And so <clears throat> when, when, you, when you think about today's challenges in leadership and finding the right person in, in the right role, um, the work of Aptology is just beginning uh, because I, I, I see that those global statistics are pretty outrageous in regards to um, the losses that companies are incurring by not hiring the right person. Um, who are some of your customers that you have that are experiencing this great success? Uh, so our customers range um, far and wide, really. Um, so we have people um, like Oracle, we have Nestle, we have um, medical device companies like Luminous, we've got logistic companies, um, we've got Cooper. Um, so we've got a whole range of different types of customers. And it's really interesting how varied they are because they're all having the same problems. Yes. And so this is kind of a universal issue, regardless of the industry that you're in. Um, and all of them are seeing really great results. And so uh, from our point of view, we're helping people to get the right people in. But that internal mobility play that we've got, that ability to compare people to lots of different jobs in your company, that's what's really going to help to move the needle in terms of getting the right people in the right roles and keeping them. Well, believe it or not, we are almost out of time, but I do want to give you the last minute just to, you know, share with us why Eptology and why they should contact you. I would say for anyone who recognizing recognizes that they don't quite have alignment to how they're going to um, really move the needle in terms of organizational performance 
and it just feels like there's too many things that they need to do to think about it get in touch with us because one of the things that we do is we break these things down really easily we systematize things we use ai and machine learning we can help you to really turn some of those very seemingly intangible things that you're trying to do and make them tangible and give you some of those roi metrics that i spoke about earlier. And are, are you still participating in a conference upcoming or, or has that been canceled due to COVID-19? So far, it's still on. So uh, thanks for reminding me. Um, so we'll be at Unleash, um, HR Unleash, which is in London at the Excel Center on March the 24th. So I'm running a panel, which I'm really excited about, um, which is about um, humans versus machine. So artificial intelligence versus assisted intelligence and when humans should make certain decisions about people and when machines are actually better qualified to stamp out some of the bias. So we've got people that are in the data science world. We've got people that have um, worked on huge innovations with the army. We've got a really interesting panel of experts. So if you can join us, that would be great. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is well said. Suchi, well, that wraps it up. We are here with Ms. Suchi Pathak. She is the co-founder and chief psychologist at Aptology Inc., talking about their, their phenomenal Aptology human-centric workplace tool. Suchi, thanks for coming on the program. Great. Thanks so much for having me. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up for this weekend on Leadership with Darrell W. Gunter on WSOU 89.5 FM. I want to wish you to have a great and safe weekend. Please wash your hands. Please be sure to cover your mouth if you sneeze. But always remember, leadership begins with you. WSOU 89.5 FM.